0: You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 167. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Happy New Year, everyone. 2020, the first podcast of the new year for the Earn That Body show. I'm super excited to be here, be back again, and I can't believe we're already at 167 episodes. It's awesome. If you're new to listening to the Earn That Body podcast, welcome. My name is Kim Eagle, and every week I try to bring you nutrition, fitness, and health information that you can put into play right away. So sometimes I have people that I interview, and a lot of the time I just have subject matters that I want to educate you on so that you can live the healthiest life possible and when I say that I mean living your life to its fullest because life is so short that I truly believe it is important that we we take each day and we feel amazing On more days than not and in order to do that you really have to live a healthy lifestyle that means I don't believe in fad diets or detoxes or starvation as most of my current listeners know but again for any new listeners I have I really try to live a life and to promote to others a life of being balanced that means we eat carbs fat and protein. Uh, We have cocktails sometimes, we have sweet treats sometimes, but we probably don't do those things every day if we're trying to watch our weight and keep our health in check. But again, this podcast is truly designed just to help inspire, educate, and really encourage people to live the healthiest life possible. And so this first episode of the new year is a good one, because we're going to talk about today four areas of health, that you can focus on in 2020 instead of making all of those silly New Year's resolutions. But first, this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle's Eye on Health, We're going to talk about something that's not technically news, but it sort of is, actually. We're going to talk about briefly the Peloton advertisement that created so much commotion in December last month. If you hadn't seen the ad, I'm sure you probably heard about it. And so when this started coming out in the news and they were saying things like, oh, how could Peloton create this advertisement? And there there was so much crazy talk that I was like, oh, what's this ad? Like, I'm dying to see it. So I literally had to go online to, to find the advertisement and I watched it. And this is what I saw. I saw a husband who bought his wife a Peloton as a surprise. You know, the Pelotons are those those home bike workouts. And so he bought her the home bike. She seemed super excited about it. Nothing in the commercial made it seem like she was bummed she got it. She She goes through taking her first class on it and she kind of says that she's nervous to try it, but she's gonna do it anyway. And then she manages to work out five days in a row, which is a surprise to her because apparently That's something new for her. She hadn't probably worked out five days in a row before, but somehow this Peloton bike was inspiring her. She even shows herself getting up one morning at 6 a.m. in the morning to get that workout in. And at the end, she basically tells her husband that this workout machine, this bike, this platform has changed her, and in a positive way. And then that was it. That was the end of the, the commercial. So I'm sitting here going, okay, this must not be the... commercial that everyone's talking about. I mean, I didn't see a negative thing in that whole advertisement. But that was it. That was the commercial. And so I think it's crazy that some people decided that this was an ad with this terrible husband and he was telling his wife she potentially needed to lose weight and that's why he bought it for her, that she needed to work out more, and that this was a negative thing that he bought her. Because nowhere in the advertisement did I get a glimpse of that at all. It's not like in the old days, you know, like, if the husband bought the wife a vacuum cleaner. Like, that's not very nice. It's insinuating that she should do the cleaning or something. I didn't get that vibe at all. I didn't get any negative vibe. The vibe that I got was he was helping his wife. He bought her something that she probably asked for or wanted because she was kind of excited about it, and it changed her life in a positive way. Nowhere did it say she lost weight. She didn't need to lose weight. It seemed like, you know, a young, healthy, fit girl. But she could, you could tell she enjoyed the workouts and she felt better for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If anything, I promote movement. I promote exercise because it makes you feel good. And that's what I got is that this woman felt good for doing that. And the Peloton had a way of inspiring her to do so. So I feel bad for companies like this when they get bad press. Or, you know, a couple people decide to jump on a bandwagon and make this a viral negative thing. I mean, it crushed their stock. It did, in fact, hurt their stock. But I think it'll make a comeback. I'm not too worried about that. But it's sad to me that we live in a time where if somebody wants to make that negative impact on the peloton which i mean again this is a a business people work hard in that business and to me they they haven't really done anything wrong now it's my personal opinion and of course everybody's entitled to their own so if if someone did take offense to this advertisement you know I'm always interested in hearing your side of it but I did sort of open this up to some friends and some clients online and everybody pretty much felt the way that I felt that it seemed really silly it was getting all of this negative attention so <laughs> today that's your Eagles Eye on Health just this sort of understanding about social media things going viral and, and how that can impact a company and even a person. You know, if someone posts something negative about a person, how hurtful it can be, whether it's to a person or a company, it can be a hurtful thing. And then the other side of this, the reason that I'm bringing it up today as an eagle's eye on health, is because I don't think there's anything wrong with working out as long as it's done in a healthy way. Now, I don't promote overtraining. So if people are, you know, if she had been sitting on that bike and she's like, I just did my fifth class today. Okay, that I wouldn't have liked because that's promoting overtraining and that is detrimental to the body. But I would like people to, to know that exercise in moderation is wonderful for you. So I say kudos to Peloton. If you don't like the ad, you're certainly entitled. But now let's get on to 2020, okay? Now let's talk about this. There are so many people who jump on that bandwagon sort of nowadays, I should say, that say, you know, no New Year's resolutions. You You shouldn't do New Year's resolutions and they're bad. And, you know, and everybody puts a real negative, you know, push on the whole New Year's thing. And I get that. And I have said it for years too. Like I'm not really into doing New Year's resolutions because I think that when people do a New Year's resolution, they set themselves up with unrealistic expectations for themselves. Um, For example, I hear people say, oh, starting January 1st, I'm only going to eat plant-based food. Well, for one, a plant-based diet is a very serious shift in your life, and so you better really be prepared for what that means. Like. It's very difficult to live a plant based diet without really educating yourself and being prepared on how to just start that. So, don't I wouldn't want January 1st to hit and you say, okay, I'm going plant based today, and you have nowhere to begin. So, you only eat plant based type foods that aren't even healthy because That's all you can eat and you really don't understand what you need to do yet, right? So making those drastic New Year's resolutions can really be detrimental. Another one is like people are like, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to have any sugar. And in 2020, I'm not going to have any sugar. I mean, that's not realistic either. And still live a life and never enjoy a sweet treat like you can absolutely have sweets it just has to be done in moderation so a lot of new year's resolutions are failing people because they're just simply too extreme and it's impossible to do something extreme for an entire year so what do you think happens <laughs> pretty quickly within like the first week The person fails because they set themselves up to fail because they're too extreme and they throw in the towel and then they throw in the towel on the whole goal that might have been weight loss or getting healthy altogether. Now, it doesn't have to be like this at all. And another perfect example is I'm sure you know, you know that everybody joins the gym for the new year. And then everybody knows, okay, be, you know, stay out of the gym for the first two weeks because all those people with their extreme New Year's resolutions are going to be there every day for the first two weeks, and then they're done. Because, again, they created something, a goal that was just too extreme. They have to go every day. They have to do X amount of classes, whatever it might be. There's a reason that by the end of January, the gym is empty again. Now, it doesn't have to be like this at all. And I have to say, I do think... January 1st is a really great time to reevaluate the things that you want in your life. So, you know, you sit down on January 1st or hopefully even the week before, hopefully you thought about it last week, like what do you want for 2020? What is it that you want in terms of maybe a health goal? Some people have financial goals. Are you happy with where things are at? Do things need to change? That's a great thing to sit down and start to think about on January 1st. But I don't think you have to set yourself up with these all or none resolutions. Instead, what I'm going to recommend is that you focus on four areas for health. And and the reason I'm going to say health right now and even weight loss is because weight loss is basically the number one New Year's resolution. Almost everybody wants to lose weight in 2020 or every January 1st, I should say. And that really is getting your health in check, right? And since obviously health and weight loss is my area of expertise, that is what I'm gonna focus on for this four areas of change in 2020. But again, you certainly can have any goal you want. It could be a financial goal, Um, could be having more vacations. It could be, there's so many goals that you can have that maybe aren't related to health, but for today, because that's why most people come to me, we're going to talk about health related goals for 2020. So instead of making that all or none resolution, I want you to focus on four areas of health. I want you to think of these four things as a priority in your life this year. But by no means do I want you to think of these four things as something you have to do every single day. <laughs> Get it? I don't want it to be so extreme. So the first one is nutrition. And let's face it, that's, that's a huge category in so many ways. But this year, I want you to think about Getting your nutrition on track, especially if you are someone who who is overweight, you know you have to make nutritional changes, and let's face it, everyone, if you're trying to lose weight, weight loss is about 80% nutrition, 20% of workouts. That's I definitely feel that is the way the percents roll out. So if you are someone who's trying to drop the weight, I want you to really just start focusing on keeping your nutrition in check so that means you do not have to go on a detox you do not have to go on a plant-based diet you do not have to become a vegan you do not have to go (laughs) gluten-free none of those extreme things need to be done to start making changes in your nutrition you could simply start by one eating home more often because as soon as we eat out we're eating bigger portions Taking in a lot of extra butter and oils and grease and fat, and I always talk about the very high sodium when we eat out. So I want you to just start this year by committing to eating home more often. The next thing I would want you to think about is eating more vegetables and fruit. Not eating only vegetables and fruit. I never said that. You could have a steak at night with your vegetables and your fruit, (laughs) but I want you to just start thinking and committing to eating more vegetables and fruit in your diet. Now, if you just did those two things alone, just focused on those two things, you would see a huge change in your weight and your health. Eating home, probably more than anything else, is what helps most people lose weight they're in control of what they're putting in their mouth, how it was made, and what 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 went into it, you know, how much sodium, how much grease, how much real food versus processed food. So, eating home is going to make more of a difference than anything, and then of course, eating vegetables and fruit. Now, yes, you do need to have carbohydrates and you need to have fat, and you need to have protein. You need to do all that. But I want to just make this a something that you just start to think about each and every day, but you don't have to do it each and every day. What does that mean? Yes, you can go out to eat. Don't be afraid to go out to eat. All I said is can you eat home more often? Do you have to eat tons of fruit and vegetables every day? I didn't even say anything about how much. I just said you're gonna eat vegetables and fruit more often. Because for most people whose nutrition is not on track, those two things alone will help get you on track without it being a super extreme thing that you have to quit in one week. Now, the next thing would be working out. And there's two kinds of people. At least this is what I find. There's two kinds of people. There's the people who work out way too much. and There's the people who don't have time to work out at all. And I guess there is the third person. There's a person who works out in the appropriate amount, which is great, right? But honestly, Working out too much, that is a detriment to your body. I would love for those people who are overtraining, especially if they're overtraining for the sake of trying to eat more, which is what I see a lot. It's like, well, I really love to eat, so I work out two to three hours a day. Okay, you're setting yourself up for big failure when you do that, because the more you work out, the hungrier you're going to be, and it's a constant cycle, and it doesn't really end up working out as you think over time, which might be why you still can't drop those last 5 to 10 pounds. It's not actually working for you. Too much exercise is basically punishing your body. Okay, It really is a stress on the body, and it harms your hormones, your adrenals, and you're kind of aging yourself daily when you do something like that. So Dr. Weil actually says, without rest and self-healing, exercise becomes counterproductive and even risky. Exercise is a stress, everyone, so don't overdo it take a full recovery day off especially if you're someone who works out really hard six days a week you need a whole day off exercise as in no workouts at all just like honor your body with rest give yourself grace once a week to just let your body do that now then there's the other person they don't work out enough for you this has to be the year that you make it a priority. I want you to just think about moving your body on as many days more as you can, right? So a lot of you work. I get it. You get up at like 5 in the morning. You've got to get to work. You come home. You're exhausted. You have to make dinner or you probably just went through drive-through because you were starving, right? And you're just, you cannot find the time to work out. I get it. Um, I can't say I get it because I I live that life right now, but I have been there in that life before. And I have sort of changed my life because I work out of the home now and I have for 10 years. And that's something that I worked really hard to create in my life because I wanted to be home for my child, and I also want to have time for my health, and that meant working out. So working out from, working from home has allowed me to work out on a, a more flexible schedule, but not everybody has that option. So when I say I get it, that's what I mean. I get that that's really hard for you, and that getting up at 3 in the morning, no, I don't want that for you either. I don't want you getting up at 3 in the morning to work out, because that then is taking away from sleep. So what if you did this? I truly believe that everybody can work out on a Saturday and a Sunday. So if you work Monday through Friday and you work those long hours, like I just said, like you're getting up early, you get home late, you know you can commit to working out Saturday and Sunday because I'm hoping you don't work Saturday and Sunday as well. Now, could you find 30 minutes during the week, 30 minutes during the week, twice, to just even get in a power walk. And so maybe that means at your lunch hour, two times, it's only two times during the week that you could go for a walk, a power walk. Doesn't have to be a run. Don't have to get super sweaty. Don't have to go do CrossFit. Doesn't have to be soul cycle, Doesn't have to be a big sweaty ordeal. You just have to move your body for 30 minutes consciously in I don't want to say in a workout effort, but I don't want you to be like, oh, well, I, you know, I walked upstairs to the meeting. Well, no, I want you to actually have like 20 to 30 minutes of like consciously I go outside just for my power walk. Like that's my time to move my body. I honestly think you could find 20 to 30 minutes two times. That's it. I'm not telling you to wake up at three in the morning. I'm not telling you to do it five days of the week. I only want you to do it two times if possible. I guess if nothing else, then you just have to commit to Saturday and Sunday. But my concern for you is only working out on Saturday and Sunday, it's just not enough. And at the end of the day, if you worked so hard Monday through Friday, your whole life, and then you retire, And now you're telling yourself like, when I retire, I'll work out every day. It's too late at that point. I have seen this happen now to so many people and it breaks my heart. They work so hard to get to retirement. And then once they're at retirement, they have illness, they have injury, they have obesity. And at that point, it's almost like it's too hard to make a comeback. And I don't want that for anyone. I want you to be able to get to retirement and absolutely love it, embrace it, be able to do all the things you want to do. I don't want you to be weighed down because of the fact for the last 25 to 30 years, you did not work out because you couldn't find the time. So instead of making this such a big deal, like I just I know I can't work out five days a week, I get it. I totally get it, right? Don't make it that. All I want you to think about for workouts are I'm gonna work out on Saturday and Sunday, And I'm going to do everything I can to get in a 20 to 30 minute walk, if that's all I can do, during the week. I don't think that sounds so overwhelming. Like getting to the gym, doing the workout, showering, getting back to work, like that, that sounds a little overwhelming to me if I have a very serious job that has long hours. But getting a couple walks in at lunch twice during the week and working on the weekend, not so bad. I know that you can do it. Now, the third thing, the third area that you can really focus on for your health, and it's actually going to affect weight loss too, and it's highly overlooked, is sleep. It is so highly overlooked at how important sleep is when it comes to your health and even your weight loss. We need seven to eight hours of sleep per night to really let our hormones regulate our body. It is a serious stress on the body to not get enough sleep. And here's a little reminder about why sleep is so important. For one, when we're sleeping, we secrete weight loss hormones. But only if you're in that really deep REM sleep do we secrete some of these hormones. So a lot of my clients that I work with who struggle and struggle to lose any weight are often the people sleeping four to five hours a night. It is just not enough for your hormones. It's almost like it's not your fault that you're not losing weight, meaning you can't. You know, your hormones are not allowing you. They're not regulating properly. So you're not going to lose the weight. Is it your fault? Well, the only fault is that we've got to find a way to make you get to sleep earlier, right? So sleep and weight loss hormones definitely are an impact on one another. The second thing is, did you know that we tend to crave food, as in lots of unhealthy food, and really we crave carbs if we don't get enough sleep? Have you ever noticed those nights that you had a really bad night's sleep, or you went out really late, stayed out late, and got up early? You wake up in the morning, and you tend to want to eat more, and you crave crappy food all day long. That's actually a symptom of not getting enough sleep. The third thing, good sleep helps concentration and productivity. Um, That means you really need to make those teenagers get enough sleep too because you want them to concentrate at school, right? And you want them to be productive. But for all of us, getting enough sleep means better concentration and productivity Also, it helps maximize athletic performance. So if you are someone who likes to work out, if you're a marathoner, a triathlete, a swimmer, a biker, anything like that, if you're finding that your athletic performance is decreasing or it's sort of at a plateau, always check in, are you getting enough sleep? Because getting enough sleep maximizes your athletic performance so important and the last thing is that mental health issues like depression have actually been linked to poor sleep quality and sleeping disorders so all I want you to do in 2020 is make this the year that you commit to putting the phone away a little bit earlier turning the television off a little bit earlier maybe reading a book before bed that's what I started doing this last year in 2019 and it's changed everything for me like I look forward to my time when the phone is put away the TVs off I read my book I get tired and then it is easier to fall asleep at a decent hour so I really just want you again to focus on your sleep and trying to get seven to eight hours a night. And again, that might mean you have to shift your sleep schedule and when you get to bed and creating a little more of that sleep ritual. And I actually have done a sleep podcast before and and tips to help you fall asleep. So if you need a little help, definitely go back um, and search in the Earn That Body podcast for the sleep episode. But sleep is a priority for you in 2020. And the last area of health that I want you to focus on is meditation. Now, why? Well, meditation reduces stress. It controls anxiety. It even promotes emotional health. Now, two studies of mindfulness meditation found that decreased depression in over 4,600 adults took place. I mean, do you think that's amazing? mindfulness meditation decreased depression in 4,600 people so promoting emotional health yeah that's important for so many of us or for all of us for that matter right meditation also lengthens our attention span i don't know about you but whenever i go back to meditation and i'll be honest like 2019 i kind of fell off track from it and now as i get back into it it's so hard it's so hard to sit still for that long But the longer you do it, it gets easier because it's lengthening our attention span. And the last thing is, it might also reduce age-related memory loss. Well, that probably sounds important for us as we get older, right? So should you commit to daily meditation? Probably not, because that's a lot to tell yourself that you're going to do it every single day. Then we're sort of going back to those old New Year's resolutions ways, right? But what if you just committed to doing meditation a couple times a week or even a couple times a month? Or what if you committed to doing meditation more this year than you did last year? Again, that's assuming you don't already meditate uh, once a day. If you're already doing it, you're awesome. Keep up the good work. But a lot of us aren't. So what if you just committed to meditating more this year than you did the year before? I would guess that you would still get a lot out of it. Now, what do you think happens when you simply get focused on these four areas of your health without putting down these hardcore rules like, Do it daily. You have to do it. You know, um, never, never give up on each one of these. Every single one of these has to be perfect. Now, if you're just mindful of these things every single week, you might feel a lot less pressure to actually make them happen. And if you give yourself some grace on the days you don't do it, well, then it's possible then you'll do it more. Does that make sense? You've got to give yourself the grace to not do it, to do it more. It's almost like when your parents tell you to do something, it just makes you not want to do it. Or it starts to become a negative instead of a positive. So just give yourself grace. The days you don't do it, you didn't do it. Remember, this is the year about just focusing on these four areas of your life and making them happen more than not. Because when we take these little steps over the year, they will turn into habits. And a habit means you're doing something without having to think about it anymore. That's what a habit is. It's just you start to do it naturally. So when it comes to that nutrition, if you simply start thinking about not eating out as much and eating more fruit and vegetables, before you know it, that's going to become just sort of a natural part of your week. And when you think about working out, As long as you're getting in your workouts, you know, four times a week if you can, like I said, get the weekend workouts in, then have your two during the week if you can. And for my overtrainers, what if you stepped back and didn't work out six to seven times during the week? What if you gave your body grace and said, I'm only going to work out four to five times a week. I'm going to rest on the other days because rest is always going to be better than too much, right? And what about sleeping? What if you just got seven to eight hours of sleep more than you didn't? That would be huge for you. And what if you started meditating, even if it was just a few times a month? Again, all of these little steps without so much pressure, they're going to add up. And you're going to feel more inclined to do them. So make this the year that's a little less stressful because you're giving yourself a little more grace right make this the year that you focus on these four areas of health and if I were you I would just maybe write them down right on like a little post-it note nutrition workouts sleep meditation you don't have to look at it every hour but maybe you just skim it once a day a couple times a week to just check in and be like oh am I focused on those things And with that, I wish you an absolutely amazing 2020. Let's make it the year you focus on being healthy and not skinny. Let's make it the year you give yourself grace, but still make your health a priority. And most importantly, let's make it the year that you feel absolutely amazing. And of course, if you need any help with any of these things, if you are someone who is very stuck, in your health and getting it on track or losing weight. Accountability is one of the biggest things that helps people reach their goals. And so all of my programs have some of the highest accountability there is to help you reach your goals. If you need any help, please check out EarnThatBody.com or you can always reach out to me at Kim at EarnThatBody.com so that I can help you personally find the right program that fits your goals and truly fits your life. And there you have it, team. Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information that you can put into play right away, make these four areas of health your focus for 2020. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to EarnThatBody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.